today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, uh, we have a possible Daredevil reboot coming to uh, Disney+. Plus. We'll discuss what that might mean. What do they mean by reboot? What do they mean by reboot? <laughs> and then uh, a new director has been chosen for Deadpool 3. Uh, and we will have uh, a quote from Kevin Feige t- talking about how he wanted Sam Raimi to be even more Sam Raimi for DS Mom. All that right at this ad we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Ashley, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's a day off. It was a busy day off, Mondays. Yeah. But, uh, you know, awaken to the beautiful sounds of construction. And then, <laughs> you know, the we I had just made breakfast and I put it down on the table. We knew that the uh, ter- Terminex was coming, but they said between eight and 10, they're never here right at 10, like at eight. So I made sure to like get the stuff done. The second I put the food down, the door knocks. And I was like, mm. no, <laughs> no. So that was, you know, the start. And then our, our oven's broken. So the guy had to come look at that. You know. Man, that's a lot. Having a Monday, having Monday off every week is like a curse and a blessing because like, it, it, it you know, it's nice to have a day off where you can get stuff done. Because like Saturday mm-hmm. and Sunday often are just useless. Like if you need to go to the bank, you're just, you know, messed up. Uh, yeah. But then, like, it also sucks because you can get stuff done. So, like, people, you still work on Monday when you're off, you know? Mm-hmm. Speaking of, let's do a podcast. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> uh, I don't know how I feel about this story. According to Production Weekly, which I guess is like an industry magazine of some sort, um, a show referred to as Daredevil Reboot is in development for Disney+. Plus. Uh, mm. I, Daredevil reboot. They do this all the time. They call things reboots when they don't necessarily mean reboot. Yeah. Do you right? mean reboot or sequel? They've been doing it a lot lately because they're like, yeah. oh, here's this. Uh, trying to think, it was a couple horror movies recently that they're like, oh, even even saying that like Halloween was a reboot, it technically was not. It was an extension of the first movie. So it's like, right. Use your words properly. Yeah. And well. <laughs> And I guess maybe we're, we're we're running into one of those things where like language changes over time because it does mm-hmm. seem like they're using reboot all the time, which like rebooting a computer. It's not a new computer. It's a rebooted computer. <laughs> so like it doesn't mean what we but for the last for the first 20 years of that word in, in connection to media, we it meant restarting from scratch. Yeah. And now a lot of studios are using it the other way. So I don't know what the story means. <laughs> not the only one that stands Staying strong with that is Batman. Batman loves a reboot. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Batman's constantly getting re- rebooting. Because even the Spider-Man technically wasn't a reboot. It just, you know, we didn't see Tom Holland have to go through all the stuff that, you know, losing Uncle Ben and getting bit by the spider. Like we were already there. We knew what was going on. Sure. Well, I mean, I would say I would say that's a reboot still to me, a reboot. I guess we, we even me and you have different definitions to me. A reboot is a restart of the story without connection to the old story. Um, so while we didn't see that origin story of his Spider-Man, we did see a version of an origin, which now we know after three movies was just the, the reason we didn't see that original origin is because it didn't happen the same way, or at right. least we assume because it's now it's replaced by Aunt May and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What a, what a, what an interesting way to handle that. 
of course, now it's overcomplicated. I would have called that a reboot, but now that No Way Home has happened and all of the stuff is in the multiverse and Toby and Andrew have appeared, it's like, it's no longer a reboot, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It is a sequel. Do we just talk ourselves out in and then out of that? <laughs> yeah, know. for sure. For sure. <laughs> Go team. Yeah, that's it's hard to, you know, multiverse makes it hard. <laughs> for sure. L- language is always developing, as they say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just don't know. What do, what do you think? I, I definitely think they're going to make a Daredevil show. It's their most popular of the Netflix series, I think. At least the most critically acclaimed. I think they're bringing it back. I kind of remember always being like, as long as they bring Charlie Cox in, uh, I don't care what they do. So I have to like stick with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But like now that there is this whole, uh, you know, mature adult section of Disney, yes. like, are are we keeping him over there? Or are we going to now make a more, you know, Avenger style daredevil story where we're going to start, Using like, you know, I don't like CGI, but I'm ready to see him start like jumping off buildings and swinging around, you know, kind of like how Ben Affleck got to do, but much better. Like, you know, (laughs) Marvel Studio style. Like I I could go for that. Yeah, me too. And I mean, he's been doing some pretty impressive stuff for a while. It's just been pretty shot. It's been it has been shot pretty practically up till now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And and if he ends up in an Avengers thing, I'm sure he'll be CGI to hell and back. But like. I, you know, I'm down for it. I would love to see that character, even if they have to sort of sanitize him a little bit, because if he's hanging out with a young Spider-Man, he's, he's a good, he's a good Catholic boy. He's not going to get in there and act all raunchy. Yeah. He's going to be the Matt Murdock we know, you know, he's a good boy. He doesn't curse too much, you know? Yeah. He's perfect for that crossover character that we need. Right. Well, Spider-Man's trying to work through his, do I have rage? Do I not have rage though? Like, let's Mm -hmm. see where that goes (laughs) because Matt Murdock has rage. (laughs) Yeah. He has rage and he uses it. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's not dead. (laughs) That guy's not dead. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's a really interesting point about like, I don't think Spider-Man is nearly in the rageful place that say an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man would have been after uh, Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. but he is in a lonely place. And maybe, especially if he's uh, encounters the symbiote and we get that black Ooh. suit Spider-Man era. Mm-hmm. And then he has to deal with like how to control his rage, this newfound rage that he's gotten and daredevil stepping into that would be super cool. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. Mm. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention it up top, but uh, just so you guys know, I, we have been missing Jeff immensely, and he'll talk to speak to that a little bit on the episode we recorded. Uh, we recorded an episode yesterday, so uh, that this week I'm going to have a chance to edit a couple episodes. We did a couple commissioned episodes, and Jeff is going to be back on the show this week. So that is exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll talk about that more on that episode. But I just want to let you know that later this week we will have a couple episodes from Jeff. I meant to mention it up top, uh, but I forgot. So. <laughs> Boom, that's in the news. <laughs> Jeff Randall coming back after a big absence. So, snicks in the Marvel news. We have uh, Sean Levy uh, is set to direct Deadpool 3. Uh, he is the recent director of Free Guy and The Atom Project, which is really big on Netflix right now. I think it's number one on Netflix right now. Um, so, I personally am very, very excited about this. I, you know... They're, they're bringing back the writers from the first two. Originally, they had replaced the writers with someone from Bob's Burgers who did work on the script. But now um, 
they have brought back the writers from the first two, which to me is one of the more important parts. Bring back the writers, bring back the tone. I think um, Ryan Reynolds gets the tone so much that I think that he will shepherd this thing well. And Sean Levy, I think, has proven himself to be a competent Ryan Reynolds director. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else other kind of directing he can do, but he's pretty, pretty solid he at directing Ryan Reynolds. like uh, the Night in the Museum movies, Arrival with Interesting. Uh, Amy Adams. But like, oh, Real Steel with Hugh Jackman. So like his movies are kind of kiddie. So I, it makes me a little worried for what we're doing. Like, are we still going to have a rated R Deadpool? Did they talk about that? Is this going to be now a more... I don't know. He, this guy is like king of PG-13 movies, so we'll see. Yeah. We talked about it before, and like, while I fully am in support of a rated R Deadpool movie, all about it, if we got a movie where Deadpool talks about how he was brought into Disney and complains the entire time about being bleeped and stuff. Mm -hmm. That could be really fun and funny. Yeah, like if censored bars keep popping up movie, when he does like the whole movie well, though. Well, you know, it would be a joke that you just bring back. And when he does certain things, you'd be like, Oh no. And then, and then he'd complain about it. I could see that. I don't want them to do that for like multiple movies, mm -hmm. but I could see them doing a movie that is a little more family friendly. But not really, you know, like jokes yeah. that you're like, I know what he's doing behind that censored bar. Like, I know what's going on here. Well, then um, Sean Levy's the yeah. one to do it. <laughs> Maybe. I, I will say some of the action in Free Guy uh, is so spot on for the kind of humor that they use in the Deadpool movies. Like mm -hmm. some of the slow motion, Ryan Reynolds slowly turning as crazy <laughs> things are happening around him. That's very much what they did in Deadpool. Yeah. So he's got the chops for it, at least. Yeah. yeah. Give the old college try. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I trust Ryan Reynolds more than anything. I think yeah. he's like been the driving force behind the series the whole time, you know? Mm -hmm. Man, so. it feels weird that we're only on Deadpool 3. It just seems like it's been around for so much longer. Yeah, it does. Well, I feel it has been. And then they just... Once the Disney merger happened and COVID and yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and what five years since Deadpool two? <laughs> Keep forgetting we lost a year in there. <laughs> yeah, and really with the with the merger and the like, sort of not knowing what's going on with it, and them having to rejigger everything so that it like you know works with their plans for the MCU mm -hmm. and like make it. It has now that we know it's going to be multiversal. And it sounds like we're getting the Deadpool from the Fox universe coming to the Disney universe. Yeah, I can't wait to hear him comment on it. I, I hope <laughs> it's done well. Because there's so many obvious jokes to be made that I feel like it could be done hackily. But yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm glad it's the same writers then. Yeah, me too. Me too. They're back to work on it. So good. we will see. They've, they've changed directors every movie. So huh. I think that. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The first two are different directors. It's so fun that like it's all coming to the MCU and now we can like really talk about those movies and how insane is it, man? It's so exciting. It's been so long. It's just been such a long time. Yeah, we did. The, we did that whole run up to New Mutants where we covered all the X-Men movies, all like 14 of them. And then we've we've <laughs> we've talked about the Deadpool movies over the years and different incarnations of podcasting and stuff and just love all of that stuff. And now it's like it's all going to just 
reside in the same place. And with the multiverse, even those versions of those characters can come back at any time they want, you know? Mm-hmm. Freaking Chris Evans could show up as the human torch. You know what I mean? Like, that's so <laughs> silly, but it could happen. A hundred percent could Anything. happen. <laughs> Anything could happen. So I, when people write in a lot, when I'm answering the emails, like they'll have these crazy theories that, you know, I'll just be like, wow, cool. Thanks for sharing. Because I don't want to get into it there. We'd rather, you know, talk about it here. Mm-hmm. But it's just like I've been getting into just writing. Well, anything's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I I like I'm always prepping for the show. And so a lot of times I'm writing like. I like the feedback. I'm putting it in the doc for the show because I, I if I if I write respond to everyone it takes so long and then yeah I uh and, and I, I know I'm be like, sp- oh here here's all my thoughts and then talk about it on the show like yeah okay, okay. Well, yeah. yeah I got that's like Mike I got you <laughs> I see you exactly <laughs> um but yeah I liked the Adam Project I just watched it last night um after I I kept hearing people talk about it and um mm-hmm. I, I for if you, for those of you who don't know it's Ryan Reynolds. Ty- travel yeah it's time travel it's ryan reynolds um the it's not a spoiler i think it's in the trailer or whatever it's it's about him interacting with a younger version of him and so they have this kid kind of playing ryan reynolds as a kid being a mouthy little kid like it's it's pretty fun it's pretty fun i appreciated one part of that and that was when the kid picked up his like double lightsaber yeah he was like i'm gonna wreck you and then the guy just punched him in the face and i was like ah realism (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a couple really really great i mean it's it's just self-aware of it's it's the ryan riddle sense of humor of like all the self-awareness about the geek properties you know deadpool does it but then so did free guy and so did adam project Zoe Saldana too. Yes. I love her. Yeah, absolutely. Tons of Marvel people and like uh, Mark Ruffalo, Zoe Saldana, just, just really, really fun. He says time travel throughout it the same way that he does all throughout Endgame. Ruffalo. Oh, that's <laughs> time fun. Time travel. It's just <laughs> made me laugh. I'm like, not going to, tr- not going to change it up. Ruffalo. There's a bunch of lines in this that I was like, that's like, it's so similar to lines we've had in the thing. Like uh, they were talking about, oh, so this doesn't work like back to the future or whatever. And I was like, yeah. And the past future people are literally getting dusted. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of like (laughs) weird Marvel connections that are fun. Mm -hmm. So if you like, uh, if you, if you like that sort of thing, you'll probably like Adam project. I thought it was pretty cool. And it's the director who's directing uh, Deadpool. So Deadpool three. Uh, last story we got in the news, uh, Kevin Feige um, says, uh, talking about Sam Raimi and, and kind of like giving him notes, he says, we want it to be a Sam Raimi movie, uh, talking about Multiverse of Madness. Uh, we would give notes like, this action is cool. You're competing with Avengers and Spider-Man. No problem. But don't forget the Sam Raimi parts. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Like, what worries me about that is people don't get Sam Raimi. Some people don't get it. Like, they'll watch his movies and it go like, they just don't get it. So, if if you're letting him be extra Sam Raimi, like, I'm excited. But I hope that everybody else gets it. (laughs) I'm I'm hoping that this property is perfect for that because Mm -hmm. it is Dr. Strange. Like if it's a little out there and he does some weird trippy things, then like, that's just what Dr. Strange is, you know? 
I, I think it's a perfect fit. I can't I wait. love I, it. Yeah, me too. What a great I, quote from Kevin Feige. I like that they're giving him what seems like full creative control. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Freaking, yeah. I, I've been saying it for all year, but that's that's been the thing I'm most excited for mm-hmm. ever since they announced it because Sam Raimi's my jam. And then what they've had that? so many series up until then that have blown away. For me, like Loki and No Way Home are almost in game level without all the support of 23 movies to need to get there. You know, <laughs> like they're that good to me. Yeah. And I know other people who feel that way about other series. And now this is the one I'm most excited for. So I'm kind of, yeah. maybe I'm overhyped a little bit. We'll, we'll see. WandaVision, WandaVision was like, it's just that I can't wait to see what they're doing with her character. Like I, like I keep yeah. saying, I really hope it's leading up to her own movie think she deserves it i can't wait yeah i've been seeing people have been posting Uh uh-huh things about it i'm like no no it's not you know true yet but we're getting there yeah i've seen a lot of people posting uh scarlet witch series coming to disney plus and i just haven't seen it from any good sources yet yeah um i want it to be like a movie yeah me too i I mean i'd be happy with anything yeah just anything (laughs) Well, you know, I get the, this it's kind of the old way of thinking like the movies are better and they get bigger budgets. And I understand the prestige of having a movie is different than the prestige of having a series. Yeah. But to me, as like just a lover of the characters, I get nine hours with you instead of yeah. two. You know what I mean? She had her series. Give her a true. movie. True. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, I, I'd love to see both. <laughs> yeah. I just can't wait to see what, where we're going. Like this right. movie is exciting, but what happens after that's just as exciting and it all has to tie in together at some point, I guess. I don't know. I guess. I guess. I mean, <laughs> we've been we, we, we've been saying it and we talk a lot about it on the episode with me and Jeff this week or one of the two episodes with me and Jeff come out this week. Um, but it's just like there are just so many disparate things happening. You know, you have the multiverse the Midnight Suns, mm-hmm. you've got the Scrolls, the Cosmic, Ms. Marvel, it's and so Captain much. Marvel. So much going on, and I just don't know where it's all leading. Yeah. Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> you, you always jump to Galactus, and I, I agree that eventually we're going to get there. I think Galactus will show up at some point, but I don't think any of those stories lead naturally there. So no. I always say it's so funny. <laughs> Galactus. Galactus. <laughs> okay. We got a few things of feedback here. Uh, Eric Capaz, one of our patrons, thank you so much for your patronage, says, Hello, MCU team. Miss Marvel's trailer is out and looks amazing. It looks like they are abandoning the inhuman storyline and not touching mutants yet. When she puts the bracelet on, that seems to be when she gets her powers. I am hoping that it is the same type of mysterious technology as the Ten Rings. Maybe they line up, and when the beacon was set off, within the rings, it activated the bracelets, leading Kamala to find it and put it on. Also, potential multiverse tie-in. What if the rings and the bracelet somehow came through from another universe, and that is why neither Wong nor Captain Marvel can identify it, uh, what if it was left from the multiversal war at the beginning of the sacred timeline, and that is why they seem so old? Interesting to hear your thoughts. 3,000 love <laughs> for all the hosts and producers. 
Eric Kapaz. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> I've heard from some people that they're upset that they're changing her powers and stuff. More fans of the comics. Right. I totally get, you know, if you're a fan of the comics and they're changing what you love about the character. But for me, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I, I never care if it's different from the comics. Yeah. I care if the core of the character has changed or something important about the story has changed to me. And honestly, I, I basically just know her from the game. Right. So does she have the powers from the game? No, in the game, she's an inhuman. Okay. And which I, I was surprised that they're changing it here, or it seems, as far mm -hmm. as we can tell, they're changing it here because they just had this big, successful game that they made her the main character. And it seems like if they were going to change it, they would want to change it there and give you like a little preview of like, hey, be warned, we're willing to change this. But yeah. they, didn't, uh, hmm. they didn't do that in the game. Interesting. To me, I just need her character to be a fangirl who loves superheroes <laughs> and is, you know, just kind of this very pure of heart girl who is trying to deal with like the, you know, coming of age and her powers. What did you think of the trailer? Uh, it was cute. Her powers look interesting. Yeah. 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 It, I will say, I think it looks a little more, and I know this is not your favorite thing, but a little more family friendly. Yeah. For um, sure. And a little more, a little more young than some of the other stuff has. Trying to pull in the kids. That's fine with Yeah. Me. Which we'll see. Like, that could be the, the trailer, but it does seem very, like, I mean, she's very young, so it's hard mm -hmm. to do it, see it any other way. Um, she's even younger than the other things. Like, we've got Hawkeye, which is, like, Kate Bishop, but she's yeah. a young adult, not a kid. America Chavez, that actress is 15. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. I was like, good for you. Wow, I did not know that. We really haven't gotten anything from her in the trailers, like her speaking or anything. So, yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, as for Eric's theories here, let's see. So, it does seem that the mysterious technology is coming uh, from a bracelet of some sort, some sort of bracers. I uh, I like the idea that it might be a tie-in to the multiversal war. That seems mm -hmm. very cool. And actually, like, the style of the bracelets and the things she's stepping on kind of remind me of, like, He Who Remains His Palace. Like, just, like, yeah. the sort of, the sort of cracking, sort of sitting at the edge of into the multiverse. Like, I could see that. And I like the idea that maybe it's not that it's so old that they don't recognize it. Maybe it's from the future. Yeah. that is like some sort of alternate future that they don't recognize. And like uh, one of the one of the comics is they go back and like uh, Kang takes over like an ancient uh, like an ancient Egypt. So like it could be a thing like that where Kang went and started the this universe the way he wanted it to start, and he left some technology behind. You know? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be cool. He, his technology that we see him use so, sort of reminiscent of the technology in Wakanda. He's got that sort of like moldable uh, matter, you know? Yeah. So huh. I, I, I could see some of this tying into that and the rings tying into that. That actually sounds pretty cool. I actually yeah. like that theory a lot. I wonder if it has anything to do with like the beacon stuff. I really like want to know what that is. <laughs> it bothers me. Me too, because it <laughs> tell me what it is. <laughs> well, it feels like such a direct 
tie-in. Like, mm-hmm. we've had these post-credit sequences, and a lot of times we know where they're going. And sometimes we don't, but, like, when we don't, it doesn't always feel so pointed. Like, this felt, like, very much, like, this is a beacon to something, and there's just no solid ideas yet. Like, yeah. no solid clues as to this is the answer. It could be anything. Yeah. And Crazy. we have not come back to it at all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, we haven't had much time yet, but yeah, it's it's kind of got me like every new project that comes out. I'm like, this has got to be it, right? It's got to like, be it. Well, Wong has got to be doing in. something about it. Right. Wong was there. Wong mm-hmm. is going to be in this movie. Like, is it going to tie in? Even if it's just a post-credit sequence where Shang-Chi shows up or whatever, and they're looking at the bracers and they're like, oh, this does tie in to... <laughs> this other this other thing sorry i didn't mean to do wong's voice um <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> i have to pick up when when jeff's not here i tried to, try yeah. to pick up is um all right let's see uh up next we got denton carpenter uh one another one of our patrons thank you denton uh says so it's pretty simple way to simply mm, so it's pretty simple way, maybe too simple, maybe too Whoa. simple. T O O. There we go. So it's a pretty simple way, maybe too simple. But Professor X could have been wiping people's memories all this time wherever there is a sighting, MIB style. I guess they mean mm. mutants. Yeah, talking about mutants. Like, where are the mutants? We've all been talking about it for years. Yeah. What if they're, they've been here and like, They've just been kept secret all this time. Yeah. I guess the like the Thanos of it all. You know. Like why didn't they show up? That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Or like maybe maybe they did. That's the point. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. And then the dusting and re like reappearing. I don't know. That's a hard one. Yeah. The idea would be though that they're like they were in the fights. They still lost or whatever. But then they had to like they erased everyone's memories, like because he's that powerful, even yeah. the audiences. And then like if he, you know, if we get those memories back, we could go back through the MCU and have key scenes where like they're in there. You know, they were in yeah. there the whole time. That'd be that'd be kind of <laughs> neat. Like we get a new cut of all of the movies and like <laughs> some of the big battles, just like Wolverine and Rogue are riding around <laughs> in the background fighting thanos i really hope she shows up in captain marvel i would love to see that me too oh man well if they ever want to retire her character for a little while or if brie larson has other projects that's the way to do it coma (laughs) true true (laughs) well i mean they're setting her up with a bunch of like people that are going to be like working around her. So lots of people that kind of take up the mantle yeah. with Miss Marvel and Photon and everything. It's just, I wonder how they would do that. Cause you kind of can't have rogue who flies around and is super strong without what she does to cower Carol Danvers. But I, I don't see them doing that. I don't see them putting her in a coma for like, well, I could see them putting her in a coma. They could jump time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they could also put her in a coma for, you know, one like the a movie could end with her in a coma, and then it comes back, and it's like two years later. Like the movies happen yeah, two years like, apart. Fine. Yeah, generally, the, I mean, the last mm-hmm. Captain Marvel was what four or five years ago. Now it's oh my god, <sighs> that is a long time. It really is. All the movies just we talked about it with Deadpool, but all the movies are so feeling old. so far away. <laughs> 
I'm going to be like 50 by the time we get like X-Men versus Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> we better not be. They got to keep it. No. I feel like our generation. The interesting thing about all these properties is the new generation. While I think the kids are loving Marvel and stuff. Don't get me wrong. I know a lot of kids who grew up watching all the Spider-Man movies with me. And I was an adult and they were kids and they love them. And Iron Man and Star-Lord and everything. But I do feel like there's a certain affection for those of us who grew up with the comics and like loved yeah. a lot of this stuff. And now we watch the cartoons as kids and now it's time for these movies and it's the first time they've ever been there. I feel like kids today when they're in their thirties and forties, it's going to be like, Oh, well there's always been Marvel movies, you know, like these have always existed. They're not going to, yeah. for us, it's this exciting thing where it's the first time we're going to see Iron Man and Captain Marvel and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know that they'll have the same affection. Yeah, no, we're going to keep it alive. Right. Well, that's why I'm kind of think that Marvel needs to make hay while the sun's shining. You know, it's like, this is oh, it. Yeah. Like they, this is the generation that is going to absolutely love Marvel in a way that no one else has. I love Marvel movies mm -hmm. and it's working. It's working right now. Keep it. It's working. Look at us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Oh, and before we move on, Denton Carpenter's uh, feedback Talking about the idea of, you know, Professor X uh, deleting everyone's memories. This is far-fetched as heck, but, like, what th this could mean that whoever captures Doctor Strange and brings him in. Like, what if the Illuminati, instead of being, um, you know, this powerful multiversal thing that we've all been talking about, what if the Illuminati is just like a team with Cap with uh, Professor X on it that's been keeping secrets like on our Earth? You know what I mean? Like the real Illuminati. Exactly. And we know yeah. that Stark <laughs> had an Illuminati app on his phone in one of the movies. Mm -hmm. So like it could tie into that. Like what if, he, it's interesting. you know, like, yeah, we've all been just assuming multiverse because it's called the multiverse of madness. But yeah, what if he walks into this thing and it's just like. We need to tell him the truth. And the truth is that like Atlantis exists and yeah. like mutants exist and all these things that they've been keeping a secret from us by literally wiping <laughs> our memory when they have to, you know? Yeah. I mean, it would, uh, did they ever get rid of the celestial who's hanging half out the earth or where did we leave that in the end? <laughs> I think it's still hanging half out the earth, which <laughs> oh, God. I get why they went and did that. But like that would definitely have cracked the earth open still. Right. Big problems. Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big problems lava lava. um yeah, yeah yeah i mean this thing is literally supposed to have broken the earth open so like getting a hand tsunami yeah getting a hand and a head out would not have like just been a small <laughs> thing that they could have dealt with easily it's fine it's just at the back of the beach now it's just there i guess they have enough heroes <laughs> on the earth that probably could have solved some of those problems with science and cosmic power and magic storm. Yeah. They need storm yeah. stopping tsunamis after that. And lava <laughs> and lava that would be a problem. We would have a new continent somewhere. Yeah. It's <laughs> called like celestial topia. It's just like a celestial's body of stone, you know, like jetting out of the earth, build a colony there. <laughs> and build it up like Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. Start over. Start over, Eternals. Levels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. 
Morgan Floyd, one of our patrons, says, Not sure which episode on the cast it was, but someone had written in about No Way Home Strange and how he seemed different. Ashley brought up how his hair looked weird and mentioned the box of hair dye. What if Doctor Strange from the Mom trailer that says, Things just got out of hand, is the same Strange from No Way Home? If this has already been discussed, ignore it. Otherwise, I'd like to know what y'all think. That's an interesting theory, but I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like Wong would have known, maybe, because... I guess I don't know what Morgan means. Does Morgan mean that he replaced our Doctor Strange for that moment? I I think so. Or that that Doctor Strange is the Doctor Strange that goes dark. Like, our Doctor Strange, the one we've been watching for movies, is the one that goes dark and what it follows whatever dark path this guy does. <laughs> Either of those could make sense, but I think he means, with the hair dye, I think he means, like, he's replacing him somehow. Yeah, like, hmm. Yeah, that that's hmm. actually not a bad way of seeing it. Like, if this, we know that m- different strangers in this movie have different hair. Yeah, well, it would have made sense for why he had a wig on through uh, all of No Way Home. So I just watched it again the other day, which was fantastic. It was my second time. Mm. And now, even more picky, his wig gets more glamorous as the movie goes on. In the first scene, like at the uh, house when we first see him, it is very much like a Bella Lugosi wig. Mm. But then by the end, it has this like swoop, Ooh. you know, like the swoop up. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. But it doesn't move at all. <laughs> When I read this feedback from Morgan, it made me laugh really loud because, or let me laugh out loud because, like, I read uh, maybe the hair dye is the one who's saying things just got out of hand. And I just pictured, like, oh. someone in a bathroom, like, Doctor Strange in a bathroom, like, just going too far with the hair dye. You know what I mean? And he's like, hair dye all over his fingers, like, this, I just, things just got out of hand. And I've been there. I've dyed my hair way too hard before, right before this podcast. Go back and look. You'll find one where my beard is just like way too dark. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. Sometimes you leave it in a little too long. Yeah. Um, and it is uh beard dye. Uh, oh, is it? A-, a lot of people made sure to tell me. <laughs> okay. But I Sweet. was like, okay, so but what is beard if not hair? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Either way, it does seem like Dr. Strange is doing something about his appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it could just be a joke about how he's a vain guy who dyes his hair, and I take offense to that. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he would care. No, it. Do- you mean he wouldn't care that he dyes it, or he wouldn't care enough to dye it? Care enough to like dye? It. Like he's not just like he's specifically like okay, I gotta get the white stripes, I gotta bleach the sides, and then I gotta <laughs> bleach the beard. It's not just like an easy go at it. Like you can't do that with just for men. I mean. If you're a magician, I guess you can. <laughs> <laughs> Which, lucky for he him. Is. <laughs> That's like the main thing he uses his powers for is yeah, he, getting the I beard just, just right. Tiny little foils on the side. <laughs> well, the, 10. <laughs> I feel like the idea of Doctor Strange is just that's how his hair is. Like the stripes yeah. and stuff is how his hair is mm-hmm. just naturally dyed out or like grayed out or whatever. But like, I think that's what's so funny about that moment in the movie. So I think that the hair dye might mean nothing. It might just mean like, yeah, maybe his beard was graying too. Yeah. He's clearly working at this look. He does have an amazing beard. I'm looking up a picture <laughs> as much as I know. I know the, the hair bothers you in the movie. 
I would have never noticed that his hair was different. It just doesn't move like it, I always notice. I just yeah. do. Oh, it yeah, just I know. doesn't move naturally. <laughs> I yeah. I just think I'm wondering if like he just had to wear a wig because his hair didn't look right for the part. I think he was probably filming something else, like um Power of the Dog or something. Right. And they're just counting on there being more people like me who don't notice. <laughs> I'm like, now that I watched it again, I can see that there are two styled wigs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and that's why you were originally our hair correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A few more feedbacks here. We got Lo- Josh Langner on Gmail says, Hey guys, I started listening on your episode of the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness Super Bowl trailer. I love your content. I have a quick question for you. I have read some rumors that Jaden Smith is being considered for Miles Morales, based on tweets from both Jaden and Will. Uh, How do you feel about this? I don't dislike him as an actor, but the cool thing about Miles is that he gets his powers at age 13. Uh, Jaden could be his dad at this point. (laughs) Jaden could be his dad at this point. Oh, I don't know. How old is Jaden? I thought, I don't, is he? I don't know. In his 20s, probably, right? Probably. Something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I would, uh, you know how I feel about them finding new actors to play these, these roles. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I hope they would do with that. He's, he's 23, but he looks really young. Yeah. He has a baby face. Mm-hmm. Like he could probably pull off a teenager if he needed to. Yeah, for at, sure. at least a Hollywood teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. And honestly, when he was very young, he played in the Karate Kid, and I liked him in that. But has he done? I mean, he did that After Earth. Didn't yeah with his with his dad, and it was it was fine. It was good to me. I haven't seen him earn his stripes. I guess. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying he's bad. But there's nothing about Jaden Smith that makes me go like, I need him to be Miles Morales. Yeah. Um, I, it feels to me more like exactly the, the worst case scenario of what you're talking about, Ashley, where it's just like just getting somebody who's famous. Because to me, I mean, but the thing is, they might get him in the room and he might be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't I haven't seen it from him, I guess. Mm-mm. His father was great. You know, his father is great. Yeah. Um, but his father like did the work and went through years of being on a sitcom and then did movies and then sort of like built his career in a, in a way that we grew to love him. And now he does more dramatic roles and he's, he's still great. Yeah. If I was a casting director, I totally let him audition. Oh, for sure. But, uh, you know, I'm also, I would want to, I really hope that they cast a nice wide net for that because, you know, there are a lot of, young up and coming black actors who just need, you know, just deserve exposure too. Yeah. And uh, not to, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of where we have to be so microscopic about racial like things, especially when you're talking about a fictional character, but there is a big part of miles's character that he is like, um, part black and part Latina, right. Mm-hmm. Or Latinx or however, uh, whatever's best to use. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't, I th- I don't believe that. Uh, not th- again. Not that that has to be so specific. I think that that mm-hmm. can be. Uh, y- y- at some point, there's a point of representation. There's a point of being like too like strict about th- 
fictional characters' roles, but like, yeah, that it, that does seem like an important part of his character in the stories I've read, and um, mm-hmm. and and it is important to a lot of people. So I think that that might be important to uh to to the casting. But yeah, I, I guess yeah. I, I'm with you. I just want them to cast a wide net. Find there's got to be a, some amazing kid out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Find that next Tom Holland that uh exactly like, is just amazing for the role. Maybe it's Jaden, but I Maybe. I just I just haven't seen I haven't seen it from him yet. So yeah, yep. And it's not like we haven't seen things with him. So yeah, I, I've only seen the two things. I think. Unless there's things I'm just not thinking of. I, I saw some of Afterlife and I can't think of. Yeah, After Earth. I mean, shocking. I'm not a huge follower of Jaden Smith's career. <laughs> <laughs> After Earth got a lot of shit. But I will say that Jaden did pull off some scenes in that that I was really impressed by. He like the whole idea of that movie is like he gets crash landed with his father and then he gets stranded apart from his father. And his father's taught him all the stuff about being survivalist it's about not being fearful i believe like i think something yeah. like the monsters smell your fear or something like that so he has to like couldn't learn to control his fear but he's just a boy in the movie so he's like uh it's it's there are some a few a few scenes where like there's a monster in his face and he like pulls off that like emotion and fear and uh i will say he did a good job with that i, I nice. don't have don't have anything against the kid i just uh yeah i i have not seen um the sort of down to earth Spider-Man that I want. <laughs> Did Will Smith direct that movie? Ooh, I don't know if he directed it. I did. I didn't. I don't know. Has he directed it all? I thought so. M. Night Shyamalan directed that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm remembering that now. He was one of the writers, though. Will Smith had this. Will Smith wrote the story, and then the screenplay was by Gary Whitta and M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. Man, uh, but I, you know, I think that movie got a lot of crap. I think partially because of the sort of like, I don't know, <laughs> there's a little bit of like nepotistic feelings about it where I, I, I feel this too, like where I'm like, I mean, I even have been saying like, has he earned his stripes? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, cause I just haven't seen him do anything that I'm like so impressed with him. And I, right. do, I do, I feel, I feel immediate pushback where I'm like. I don't want him to get that role just because his dad's famous. Like yeah. his dad was a great fresh prince and now he gets to be whatever he gets to be Spider-Man. Like I want him to prove himself as Spider-Man <laughs> and maybe he will. Maybe he will. Yeah. Good luck, Jaden. Good luck with your audition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is not an offer only situation. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, we got Gideon Franklin on Gmail says, what's up MCU cast crew. I have been listening since What If, and I have been hooked ever since. Now, to be fair, I didn't make this theory up myself. I just wanted to share it with you guys. But anyway, I will just get to the point. So, as you all know, we have seen no mutants in the MCU, excluding Professor X in the mom trailer. However, allegedly, (laughs) allegedly, (laughs) however, what if we have and we just don't know it. So, as you know, it was revealed at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier that Sharon Carter was the power broker. But what if it was not Sharon Carter? What if it was, drumroll please, Mystique? (laughs) So, for this to make sense, I guess the mutants would already 
have to exist in the MCU instead of them coming in through the multiverse. But let's just say, for the purpose of convenience, the mutants have just been in hiding, and Sharon Carter, in fact, blipped away, and Mystique sees an opportunity to make some money and gain some more power. Uh, what her goals would be, I don't really know. I just think it would make sense, because the Sharon Carter we see in uh, Captain America Civil War and Winter Soldier has very different personality than the one we see in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Probably not going to happen. Just thought it made sense. Love the show. Keep up the good work. There's a few little holes. <laughs> like? Like, uh, well, Sharon would have blipped back at this point. Probably. Did, did Sharon blip away? Uh, I don't think she, I think she did, right? I can't remember. I thought the whole thing was she didn't. So she's been like building power for five years. Yeah. Like she went into hiding because of her. But I think the point here is no, never mind. I, I'm, I'm being dumb. The point that Gideon's making is that like she blipped away. So Mystique took over. So we wouldn't have known that she blipped away. I, I think this is an interesting idea. I can't help but tie it to the idea from a few minutes ago that uh, mm -hmm. was written in about the, the idea that like, the mutants are, are have all been in hiding in yeah, some way. I don't think she got snapped. Yeah, I, she did yeah, not. No. She did not. I, at least it's not, not that we know, unless, mm -hmm. like Gideon's saying, she did, and then Mystique stepped right. in. But the new one would be back, and then I don't know how Mystique would know the personal interactions she's had with Bucky and Sam. I yeah. mean, she would know that she knows them, but they had very, you know, personal conversations that Mystique wouldn't just know. Right. I think that's true. I, I personally just like the Sharon Carter turn. I do too. It would be a bummer to me if they like undid that with like, it's someone else because mm -hmm. she was kind of abandoned by the superhero community and by like America mm -hmm. because of her helping uh, out Winter Soldier. And then like five years of being on the run with a bunch of CIA skills made her the yeah. power broker like that's a cool origin story and i kind of dig it and i like the like you're peggy carter's niece like you're supposed to be this like it's too much pressure right yeah you why didn't you inherit all the goodness you're gonna go be the bad guy like yeah, yeah. I, like no, I would love if she was on the phone with mystique <laughs> yeah yeah i mean well and he, she is the power broker and let's say this professor x theory is it works and that they're like to let telepathically controlling the masses to not know about mutants. Like, right. and if she's in on the secret in some way, like she could mm -hmm. be helping that community, whether she's mystique or not, um, it could be tied into all that. If she's the power broker, it seems like she might know about a whole bunch of superpowered people. And it was in Madripoor that we found all this stuff. Right. So yeah. like that's a normally kind of a hive for a mutant activity. So mm. could be, could be. Just pepper the mutants in there. Just pepper them all around. I'll accept it. I don't care. Just put them there and I won't think twice about the continuity. <laughs> <laughs> I will, but I'll, I'll get know, over it. I know, <laughs> Please. Yeah, I know. Please. I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> I thought this was funny. Okay. Up next, we got Batman feedback. Uh, we did our <laughs> Batman review last week, which we just randomly threw on the MCU cast because we felt like it. There's just more people asked, uh, why did you somebody on YouTube was like, why did you put this on this and not bingers? And, uh, well, we didn't have time to do more than one of them. 
uh, all the Batman movies like we wanted to do. And like we were just set up and do an MCU cast. So we just did it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's where like most of you guys are. And it's like superhero media, even though it's not our universe. We've done some trips through the multiverse in the past back when uh, I think we did like Aquaman back in the day. Yeah. Um, and most of the uh, the Batman movies we kind of covered over loosely on uh, superhero ethics. Yeah, a little out of order, but there's a good amount of them <laughs> over there. Sweet, sweet. Just a couple more to do. We ran out of time. Hopefully, one day we'll get to them on Bingers. I would love to talk about all the. We we did. We drove home from Mississippi the other day and just listened to the Batman soundtrack, like the 1989 Prince oh, soundtrack. Yeah, oh yeah, from the, the Bat- best. Oh, so good. Both movies, both 1989 and then Batman Returns. It's like Sooksy and the Banshee. Oh my god, yeah. I love it. <laughs> mm. So good, so good. Um, okay, but we got Batman feedback here from Amanda and Quinn. Interesting. Two people. <laughs> Two yeah. people, one email. Um, <laughs> Hi, Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. It was so cool for you guys to take on the topic of the Batman, even though it's a slight departure from your usual uh, Marvel content. Since Pandora's box was opened... <laughs> I couldn't resist getting your thoughts about the question slash observation I had while I was watching the movie. My question is, if you noticed the young boy that Batman saves throughout the movie, he's the son of the late mayor and he's seen at least three or four times in the movie. He was saved at the end when Batman helps the mayor and him out of the wreckage in the water he was saved at the funeral uh, when the car comes toward him and Bruce gets him out of the way. Uh, initially, I figured they were just trying to set up a connection with him and Bruce, a similar story, uh, another orphaned kid who's lost their parent to violence. But I don't think DC put him there without reason or more to it. From what I've seen on social media, and articles, no one is talking about him. My sister and I believe this may be our intro to a young Robin. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Love to know your thoughts. Thank you guys for what you do each and every week. I'm going to be honest. And I told them in the email back, I was like, wow, I, I- I did not notice. <laughs> like, I I, like if I would have noticed, I just, you know, child, it didn't, I didn't even think twice that it was the same kid over and over again. I didn't notice. I did notice. And I actually had the same thought when I saw, when I saw the kids sitting on the bed being like interviewed by the police, like I, my mind went to Robin almost immediately because it just reminded me of the Robin story of his parents dying to violence mm-hmm. and getting a chance to um, step into that role uh, it's a little different, obviously, than, you know, Dick Grayson with, like, the Flying Graysons and having a little bit of a... Carnival. Yeah, having the ability to do all the, like, trapeze stuff. Like, that's an important part of the character. Um, so, I did not... Like, it did flash in my head, but I did not, like, I guess, con- continue to think about it. Also, this would... It would be really weird for this particular movie series with, as you said, emo edgelord Batman last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to bring in that the robin character especially one that young like you bring in a 15 year old robin maybe you bring in an eight-year-old robin with this batman think the vibe is weird i don't know i don't like it (laughs) 
Yeah, it would take a long time for him. I guess Robin became Robin at what, like 16? I don't know if you see enough to even be talking. Ooh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> there are various versions. There's versions like in the olden days when they brought him in, he was a child because the idea was they wanted kids to like Batman. So they brought a kid into the comic book and it's like that was supposed to be their like sort of view into the story. But I, kn- I don't know exactly what age, but it's I think he was very young. Yeah, I don't even remember him. Yeah, I mean, I would have just thought that that was like one of the producer's kids or something. They're like, hey, we need a Jimmy, a Bobby, a Timmy, and a like Sammy in these different parts. Nobody's going to notice. <laughs> <laughs> they noticed. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it was the same kid. I mean, it was, I think it's supposed to be the same character because one is the, that guy's death. The next is that guy's funeral. So it makes sense that he's right. there. And the yeah. next, it was the mayor who died. And it was the, it's the, I think the family of the previous mayor was there at the, uh, the, the, the campaign event for the new mayor or like the new mayor person who was like running for mayor. So it all right. makes sense that that kid would have been at those three okay. places, but it is kind of like notable. And I see why Amanda and Quinn would go there, but I just think like, I don't know, maybe like, how weird because i think like no batman movie has ever had the sort of like gall to have a child batman <laughs> or i'm sorry yeah. like a child robin yeah like what be like a x23 walking around slitting throats like what <laughs> exactly like what if they went there like like this bruce starts training i mean you know he wouldn't hopefully he wouldn't intentionally endanger him like batman does in comics cuz that seems like, a, I understand why in, in movies we always make him an adult, but like, yeah, you could kind of see, like, what if he brings this kid in and he starts training him just for self-defense and he like learns to fight and then that kid starts kind of going out on his own or like he turns yeah. in like a 12 year old kid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like those James T. Kirk vibes from the 2009 Star Trek movie. Um <laughs> Sorry, nobody. Like Chris O'Donnell from Batman Forever. (laughs) That's the same thing, only he looks like he's 25. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's definitely like an adult in that movie. Yeah, but I think he's supposed to be 17. Oh, really? Yeah, you know he's young. I didn't know that. I can't remember. But he definitely looks 25 in that movie. (laughs) Well, he says Silverstone shows up as Batgirl. What the, what is going on with that movie? Uh, We went hard with, we, we just covered both of them in one yeah, I all we talked about it last week. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of problems. <laughs> well, I, I I'm gonna have to go listen to that because I haven't I haven't watched them in years. But like, just the idea that I don't even remember where her suit comes from, right? Yeah, no, like, he he's like already she's Batgirl for ten seconds, and she already has the suit, the accessories, the uh, automobile, or whatever they give her, like a uh, a Batgirl motorcycle. You know, she's got heels, of course. Yeah, no, ready to go. And then somebody left out like hot pink lipstick. That was probably Uncle Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> you saying Uncle Alfred had hot pink lipstick? Yeah, he was like, well, him? apparently everything else was prepared. And he's like, if yeah. you wear this, my dear, no one will recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so it's so weird. It's like such a weird time because those movies are made for children, like really, really made for children. Yeah, but then there's all the tits and ass about it. Like he's yeah. got them in the form fitting. It's very a little bit, you know, there's That's some queer re- queerness going throughout the whole thing. Oh, for yeah, sure. It's, it's very Joel Schumacher. Yes. <laughs> so it's very, it's a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it's why we're all so weird. <laughs> yeah. We were all greatly affected by the weirdness of Batman and Robin. 
<sighs> okay. Well, uh, so <laughs> so to, to wrap that up, I, yeah, I just, I see where you're going, Amanda and Quinn, but I don't see it. I don't think they'll go there. If they did, it would be weird and fun, I think, but I don't mm-hmm. think they'll go there. I just don't see Pattins, uh, Battinson uh, having, you know. A six-year-old Robin. Yeah, because that little kid was young. He was <laughs> really young. young. All right, cool. Well, guys, that's uh, all of our feedback for today. We appreciate you very much, and we'll be back with more. Uh, this week, we will have episodes dropping that are me and Jeff doing some commissioned episodes, uh, and they're they're, they're 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 fun. It's just good to have Jeff stepping in and doing a, doing a cast. We had a lot of fun. Um, so we'll I'll be dropping those in the feed in the next couple of days. Oh, uh, this Wednesday is the Women's Appreciation Cast on Twitch. Yes, right? yes. What time is that? I think it's at seven. Uh, I think we said six thirty or so. yeah, we'll, okay. say, we'll say seven because I think we we'll, said we'll six thirty. Check the check check Facebook for the uh, the time for the event. Yeah, go to st- yeah. Um, it's facebook.com, Search for Sandra Stranded Panda Chat. We have a uh, we have a group on there. If you haven't got, if you're not on there, you really should be. If you if you like this uh, this community and the people that write in and the people that talk on here, uh, we just have a community of people that just chat on there and have lots of fun memes and just a good na- <laughs> good natured fun. So uh, come hang out. Um, and what we always put up Facebook events for when we have go live or when we when we have the chance to when it's not last <laughs> minute. Um, so yeah, we'll be back soon, guys. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv strandedpanda TV and available at youtube.com strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.